This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Hoda Asmar, System Chief Clinical Officer at Providence. Dr. Asmar, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Good morning, Laura. It's um, great to talk to you and uh, be able to join you this morning. Now, I'm looking forward to our conversation and really learning more about how you're looking at growth and development for Providence's clinical teams. But before we dive into my broader discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? I know you've had a fascinating uh, career, and so I'm looking forward to making sure you're able to share that with our audience, too. Great. Uh, so uh, I'm currently the Chief Clinical Officer for Providence Health. I've been with Providence for a few years, and I'd love to talk a little bit about Providence. Um, is, um, it's a, um, a faith-based organization, and uh, we um, our operations span seven states, and we cover the entire spectrum of the care delivery and beyond. My personal background um, as a clinician is infectious disease, and I'm someone who started um, originally in my training in the Middle East and um, did a few years in Europe and France before coming to the U.S. and finishing uh, my um, clinical training and got into leadership roles a little bit by accident. You know, people ask you to do things and you say yes, and then you say yes, and things start moving. But I have held several leadership roles in um, uh, different provider-based organizations, but also with private equity, pharmacy management, and public health. Um, I would say my focus is always on who benefits from our work, which is the patients and our communities. So patient outcomes, a clinical and operational transformation, and making sure that we are caring uh, for the people who deliver care, our physicians, our clinicians, and our caregivers. That's amazing to hear, and certainly a great way to um, look at your role and what you're doing, no matter what type of organization you're working in. Now, considering your role as the System Chief Clinical Officer at Providence, what are some of the biggest issues that you're following in healthcare for 2024? you know, there is a lot happening and, uh, you know, many of us could refer post-pandemic, the pandemic and post-pandemic world. But I would, I would say there are two angles or two ways of thinking of all the issues we are facing. And I see some of the issues, you know, how opportunities come and challenges. Some of it we may see it as maybe has a negative angle, but I see a lot of positive and opportunity for change. So the two things are the future of care models. Um, the thinking is we want to transform our future and transform the care models and move away from traditional thinking with a focus on giving the patients and the clinicians and caregivers choice, autonomy, and control. I think some of the dynamics related to workforce that started during the pandemic is continuing to be present labor challenges, certain very specific shortages and some clinical areas. We are seeing a workforce that is more vocal in a good way, wanting to partner, wanting things that are different. At the same time also, for the first time, I think we're at this great juncture where I'm sensing technology and generative AI may play a bigger role in how we do things. So in summary, the future of care models 
but with a very specific thinking of how is it going to improve patient outcomes, how is it going to benefit the patients and the communities, and our physicians, clinicians, and caregivers, which is very, very important to me. The second big issue is the sustainability of the current healthcare ecosystem. So this is not just a financial sustainability. We see a lot in the healthcare news about the financial challenges many provider systems are facing. But I see it as a bigger issue of where we want this health system to be as an ecosystem, not just providence of the provider side, and how we can assure that financial, but also outcome sustainability. How are we going to address some of the things we identified as priorities during the pandemic, such as health equity, also societal impact. So these are the two issues I'm always focused on. And I think of my action plans and how my team delivers the work is, are we addressing these two issues? That's such a great point. And certainly, you know, fascinating to think through what all of this change means and how care transformation is happening, especially as you talked about through uh, technology, generative AI, and then some of the different um, shifts within the workforce. So that, that's really interesting. Um, how are you thinking about growth and modernization of Providence's clinical team specifically? Um, for me, growth, there is two angles of it. Um, as a faith-based system that is approaching two centuries of history, um, the sister founders um, started about 175 years ago, uh, the origins, um, the first sites of our system. So I see growth as significantly connected to our mission. So our mission is to serve all, but especially the poor and vulnerable. So I see growth as a prerequisite to live our mission because we want to continue to serve serve more patients, serve more people in need, serve more communities, and expand how we deliver care for our current uh, communities. So that commitment is very important to see the growth for us through that commitment and that mission lens. Then there is um, how I think of growth as a leader. To me, growth helps to thrive, not just to survive, but to thrive. It brings new ideas, new concepts, new talents, it challenges the status quo, and it's like an engine that keeps running and self-charges. So to me, it's very important for us as an organization to always think about that and have very specific plan and work towards growth. On the modernization, it's a little bit connected to what I talked about earlier on the future of care models. Modernization, I put under it, there is the transformation of the clinical operations, but also the role of automation, the role of AI, the role of new discoveries. Again, with the goal is, what is the impact? It's not technology for the sake of technology. It's, for example, technology to reduce waste, to simplify, to create better access, better experience, better outcome, and to truly help our clinicians, physicians, workforce, to be able to continue to deliver the care and feel that we are taking care of them and reducing the burden on them. So it's connected in that way. And again, that filter of modernization to have a bigger, more important impact on what matters most to our patients and our clinicians and caregivers. 
Fantastic. Keeping keeping those patients, clinicians, caregivers front and center um, seems to make a lot of sense. And certainly, I know it's not an easy task to uh, make some of those transformational changes in the modernization and really reconfiguring how we're thinking about healthcare delivery, but certainly rewarding. What are you most excited about for the next year and what makes you nervous? I would say I'm always excited about our work on quality and safety. Um, we we are always scanning the environment for our opportunity to improve. We're very focused on chasing zero harm, on reducing mortality, and we have done great work in the space of reducing uh, uh, mortality related to sepsis. We are reducing hospital-acquired infection, hospital-acquired complications, and we continue on that journey. So to me, every time I look at our trajectory, our results, what we've done and what we're planning and where we're going, it's it's a lot of excitement and lots of gratitude to all the people who focus on quality and safety. Um, The other thing is, um, you know, we talked a little bit about growth. The second thing, we're doing some interesting work in the surgery space, peri-op space. Again, focusing on that modernization, automation, and empowering um, our clinicians and adding tools. Uh, So we just, we're in the middle of implementing an AI tool in the surgical space that gives uh, our surgeons and their teams and our patients an easier way to access us and choose us as a place where they want to have um, their surgery. The third thing is um, the co-caring virtual care model. So we, we've been hearing a lot about different systems, different providers engaging in virtual care model. Our model, we tested it last year with the great results. So this is a combination of the care team on the unit, but in addition, supported by other members of the care team 24-7 virtually. And it's a model that was developed by the care team in the front line, and we are now expanding it. So by the end of this year, we will have close to 35 units uh, with that model, and uh, we're monitoring the results, and we are very pleased with the progress. As far as uh, being nervous, um, I'm someone who has to admit that I don't get nervous much, but I do have a little bit of an anxiety about the role of technology and also in particular AI. Um, So I'm someone who just stated, I want to progress, I want transformation. Uh, I definitely wouldn't suggest we need to stifle progress, but I worry about how we can address the governance around ethics, um, around decision-making, about who's going to drive the AI and who's going to benefit, and are we going to have the scientific rigor? And again, are we going to focus on advancing technology and AI in a way that has had the direct impact on patient outcomes, which is the most important element in the work I do? So I feel um, Part of my commitment, part of my anxiety is around how we can manage and govern and address the progress in that space. Well, that's such a great point. And certainly having that mindful implementation of technology and artificial intelligence is so important. You know, healthcare um, can't stand um, to, to have too many issues, you know, with that kind of thing. And so I, I love the way you put that and really stated it simply, but also helpfully in terms of, you know, wanting to move forward, making sure that we're continuing to look at helpful advancements, but also being mindful about that. 
Um, before we wrap up here, we've talked about a lot of changes in the healthcare space, whether it's related to technology or, or patient expectations in, in other issues. What do you feel that most effective healthcare leaders will need in order to be successful over the next two to three years as the healthcare industry changes? I think there's two things I, I think of, and then maybe one more of a, of a caution, the third element. So um, I call it being a challenger spirit. Um, someone who also has a flexible mindset, a challenger spirit in the sense, um, challenging the status quo, asking difficult questions, uh, being open to new ideas, new ways of doing things, that we want to take um, our healthcare system uh, as a nation somewhere better, um, somewhere where we potentially could face the next big pandemic or the next big thing. Um, the second thing is... Um, Focus on partnerships. For us to be able, for all of us, in any role we are, this is beyond the provider world, to be able to move into that future and have really transformational um, a change, it's very important to partner, uh, partner with others and people who come from maybe different angles, partner with our workforce, partner with our physicians, with those two lenses of the patients and the impact and the care team and the clinicians. And last, I would say the caution, which I touched base on earlier, is um, I would say do not underestimate the role of technology and AI and make the commitment to understand, educate yourself and engage in it at deeper level so we can understand and we can guide um, that progress and make sure it's delivering on the said promises uh, of that progress. What a great reminder. And certainly I love all the things you mentioned, having that flexible mindset, but then also challenging status quo to really make healthcare better, having the partnerships um, and evolving those partnerships and being creative and then to not underestimating technology and AI for what the potential could be. Dr. Asmar, thank you so much for joining us um, on the podcast today. This has been such a fascinating and helpful conversation and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.